Well, once again, hello, Crossway, and welcome to uh, our second installment of this alternative to our gatherings on Sunday mornings. And a big thank you to Dan and Chelsea Stanley for helping us uh, in worship. Um, you can see we're in a little different venue here. I figured since you're in the comfort of your own home that I do the same. And so uh, a warm welcome from our homes to each and every one of you who are watching this video. I know that we can't see each other, um, but I know that many of you are viewing uh, this video at the same time. So let's at least have each other in our minds and in our hearts as we um, gather this way around God's Word. Um, since last Sunday, we've all experienced another week with all of the news and all of the changes that have gone on. And obviously, I don't need to recount all of that. But in the face of that, I do hope and I pray that we are staying grounded in God and grounded in God's Word. Um, God's Word is so good. And I'm eager for us to spend some time together here again in God's Word this morning. I'm so grateful that we can do this. Um, obviously, I'd rather that we were together, but I'm grateful that we have the technology. And it's amazing to me that we're able to communicate like this. But I am eager, as I'm sure you are, uh, to be all together in the same room once again before long. In fact, let me just uh, before I turn to God's Word, let me just uh, share with you something that I read this past week. Um, just listen to this. I think you'll find this very interesting. Uh, we know now, perhaps as we have never known before, the meaning of the terms pestilence, plague, epidemic, since we have been passing through this terrible scourge of Spanish influenza with its enormous death rate and its consequent wretchedness and misery, Every part of the land has felt its deadly touch, north, south, east, and west, in the army, in the navy, among civilians, among all classes and conditions, rich and poor, high and low, white and black. Over the whole land it has thrown a gloom and has stricken down such large numbers that it has been difficult to care for them properly, overcrowding all of our hospitals. And it has proven fatal in so many cases that it has been difficult at times to get coffins enough in which to place the dead and men enough to dig graves fast enough in which to bury them. Our own beautiful city has suffered terribly from it, making it necessary as a precautionary measure to close the schools, theaters, churches, and to forbid all public gathering within doors as well as outdoors. At last, however, the scourge has been stayed and we are permitted again to resume the public worship of God and to open again the schools of our city. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's almost eerily relevant. Um, this is from a sermon that was preached uh, in a Presbyterian church in Washington, D.C. on Sunday, November 3rd, 1918, by a pastor named Francis Grimke. And it, here's the title of his sermon, Some Reflections Growing Out of the Recent Epidemic of Influenza That Afflicted our city. You may have heard uh, about this almost exactly a hundred years ago. Uh, our nation, in fact, our world experienced something similar to what we're going through right now. I've heard many people comment over the past several weeks that this is a once in a lifetime kind of experience. And in fact, I've heard people say once in a century. And that's almost exactly right in our case. Um, 
I know only one person who would have been alive when this uh, happened, and that's um, Mary Nye, who is the mother of our pastor, Bill Nye. And in fact, I'm making eye contact with him right now because he's uh, behind the camera. Um, she was born in 1918, and she would have been, I think, three or four months old uh, when this epidemic really came raging through the, the cities of our eastern seaboard. Um, I read parts of that sermon to Beverly over dinner the other night, and here's just a little part of uh, something that I read for her. This is from his um, sixth of his reflections. Uh, just listen to this. He says, The fact that for several weeks we have been shut out from the privileges of the sanctuary has brought home to us as never before what the church has really meant to us. We hadn't thought perhaps very much of the privilege while it lasted, but the moment it was taken away, we saw at once how much it meant to us. One of the gratifying things to me during this scourge has been the sincere regrets that I have heard expressed all over the city by numbers of people at the closing of the churches. The theater goers, of course, have regretted the closing of the theaters. I do not know whether the children or the teachers have regretted the closing of the schools or not. I have heard no regrets expressed, but I do know that large numbers of people have regretted the closing of the churches. Um, I read that and I know that that captures for at least a good number of us how we feel and how we will feel until we can meet again. But until then, let's stay in the word. Um, both personally, privately, individually, but also together. So uh, would you now turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Psalms and find Psalm 121. I thought after sharing from Psalm 46 last week and after hearing back from many of you that it might be good to just stay in the Psalms for a few weeks. We'll get back to the Gospel of John uh, soon. But for now, I thought it would be good to look at some psalms to steady our hearts. Last week, we saw that wonderful psalm, number 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And today, I want us to look at another uh, brief but wonderfully heart-steadying psalm. So you follow along uh, as I read Psalm 121. Uh, this is God's word. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let's pray. God, help us now, we pray. Open our hearts to your word. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this psalm... Uh, very simply tells us two great truths about God that are meant to be 
uh, steadying and quieting to our hearts. Even though things are shaky all around us, God intends us to hear these truths in such a way that they stabilize our hearts. This psalm tells us first that God is our helper and second it tells us that God is our keeper. It especially tells us that God is our keeper. So let's look at each of those two truths. First, God is our helper. Uh, it's hard to know what is exactly going on in the heart of this guy when he says in verse 1, I lift up my eyes to the hills, from where does my help come? I mean, is he just out on the road, on a journey, looking up to the hills ahead and kind of musing as anybody would as they look at the hills, what, what, what is my life like? What is happening in my life? Or is he looking at those hills that he's heading toward, that he's heading into and seeing danger, anticipating possible trouble ahead? Maybe you noticed uh, at the top of this psalm those words, a song of ascents. This is one of the psalms, it's a group of psalms here, and this is one of those that the Israelites would actually sing as they were on their way up into the hills around the city of Jerusalem to get to the city of Jerusalem as they traveled there three times every year for these annual feasts. So they're traveling up into the hilly country and they're coming towards the city, but they know that all sorts of things can happen along the way. Um, there's real dangers. Those hills represent the possibility of real danger on the horizon, and there's just not much help uh, to be had along the way. There's, there's no police, there's no medical facilities, there's no GPS or smartphones. And so he asks, I'm looking up ahead on the horizon, where will I find my help? Where will my help come from? And reading that verse, I think, raises the very same question for us as we look out on the horizon these days. Where will we look for help, for our security these days? Are, are, we, are we kind of counting on the government to find some solution and, and make this whole thing go away? Are we looking to the medical professionals to, to kind of find some solution? Are we banking on them to discover a vaccine and, and just put a stop to this thing that is causing us such disruption and fear? Or can we say what the psalmist says? No, my help, the help I really need to face this situation with wisdom and with faith and with peace, my help comes from God. You see there in verse 2, he, he answers his own question because he knows my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He, he addresses the tentative uncertainty in his heart that we see in verse 1, and he answers his own question. He says, my help comes from the Lord. Do, do you see that word Lord there in verse 2 with full capital letters? Look at it there. That's the word for God's name, Yahweh. And it's no accident that God's name gets mentioned a lot in this psalm. Look, verse 2, my help comes from the Lord, full caps. Verse 5, the Lord is your keeper. Again, verse 5, the Lord is your shade on your right hand. Verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all evil. Verse 8, the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. 
So the first thing we learn that we're reminded of here is that the Lord, our God, is a helper. That's where my help, the help that I really need, will come from. We saw this last week. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of need. But that raises another question, doesn't it? How will God help us? How is God our helper? Well, think about this. What, what does a helper do? Um, a helper provides what we need in the time of need. I mean, just think about when a father asks uh, his young son, buddy, let's, let's go out and fix the car. I need your help. And during the course of fixing the car, he says to his son, hey, can you hand me the wrench? And the son hands him the wrench and he says, hey, you're a good helper. Thanks for helping because the son gave him what he needed in that time of need. Or a mother who says to her daughter, um, can you help me bake the cookies? And during the course of making the cookies, the mother says to the daughter, sweetie, can you hand me the whatever, the sugar? And, um, and she says, you're being a good helper because you've given me what I need in the time that I need it. So it is with God. He provides what we need. You need wisdom, you ask for it, and God gives it. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and God will give it. You need strength during these days, you ask for it, and God gives it. The eyes of the Lord range to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking those whose hearts are fully committed to him, that he may give strong support to those who need it. That's 2 Chronicles chapter 16. You need daily bread, we ask for it, and he gives us our daily bread. Whatever we need, and perhaps one of the greatest things that we need, one of the greatest ways that God is our helper in our time of need is to strengthen our faith, to provide what we need for our faith to be strengthened. And to do that, he gives us his word, his promises, like here in Psalm 121, to help us when our faith is weak. Listen, the first great thing we learn about God here in Psalm 121 to steady our hearts is that he is a helper. He's promised to help us, to provide for us what we need. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's Isaiah 41.10, and that would be a good verse to have in your mind these days. Or I think about another psalm, which I've come to love. Uh, this is Psalm 68, verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. That would be a good verse to post on your fridge during these days. God, our God, is a helper. But now there's a second thing that Psalm 121 tells us about God, and this psalm especially stresses this. Because in the face of trouble, we can wonder sometimes, what will happen? What will happen to me? What will happen to my family? What will happen to my loved one? What is going to happen to us? And so God tells us right here, he's not just a helper. He's also a keeper. He's a keeping God. Look at verse 3. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. 
The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. It's hard to miss, right? He's a keeper constantly. He does not sleep. He's not a sleeper. He's a keeper, a keeping God. And please notice this. The God who is watching over all of Israel, all of God's people, is watching over keeping you. Both before and after that phrase in verse 4, where God says he's the keeper of Israel, both before verse 3 and after verse 5, he says very clearly he's keeping you. When we think about this, what does it mean to belong to God? What does it mean to be a part of of his people. Well, among a thousand other things, um, it means that the God who created the universe is watching over and actively guarding, protecting you all the time. Verse 6, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night, that communicates that anything that might happen to you during the day or anything that might happen to you and threaten you during the night, God won't stop keeping you. And then at verse 7, uh, something happens in this psalm. This, this, this psalm is a poem. It, it's a song. And like a poem or a song, it has stanzas. So verses 1 and 2 are a stanza. Verses 3 and 4 are another stanza. Verses 5 and 6 are another stanza. And you see little breaks there in, in that psalm to show you the break between these stanzas. So when we get to verses 7 and 8, we're coming to the last stanza. And you know how sometimes when we're uh, singing together in church and we come to the last verse of a, of a song, sometimes Pastor Moore will have us pause, the musicians will kind of heighten things a little bit to heighten us in our singing. Well, that's exactly what's happening in this psalm when it comes to the last stanza. The psalmist is ramping things up a little bit. Verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all evil. Now, let's pause there because you might hear that, you might see that, and say, wait a second. What? Listen, that is not promising that you won't ever get sick or that you won't ever have trouble in your life. That's not a promise that Christians won't be infected by the coronavirus. Uh, remember Psalm 46? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And we could go to a hundred other verses right here in the Psalms to make that very same point. There will be trouble. We will face sickness and suffering and heartache and grief. But look at the second half of verse 7. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. He will protect you in trouble. He will keep your life. Christian, listen, no matter what happens to you in this world, your life is safe. In Christ. If you are in Christ, your life is absolutely safe. Now, I'm not talking about your physical life. Um, Psalm 121, verse 7 is not talking about your physical life. Don't value that 
above all things as if that's the most important thing. No, it's talking about your real life, your true life, your, your life that goes on after the little dot of this life is over. Psalm 121 verse 7 is saying the same thing that Paul says at the end of Romans chapter 8. Remember these words? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord, where our life resides. So whether you are infected with the coronavirus or not, and whether if you are infected with the coronavirus, you recover or not, for a Christian, there is no reason to be afraid. Look at verse 8. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I mean, that covers it, doesn't it? Rest in that, Christian. Rest in Psalm 121, verses 7 and 8. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. From the moment you put your trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin and for your hope of eternal life, from that moment, which for me was as an eight-year-old boy um, out at Lake Geneva Youth Camp with my father right there leading me from, from that moment to, look at this last word of this psalm, forevermore. Friends, that is one of the most beautiful words in the entire English language. From now to forevermore, the Lord will keep you. So you're going to be fine, Christian. You're going to stand before God at the end of your life, whenever that is, and you're going to, you're going to hear him say, welcome home, and you're going to be with him forever in unimaginable perfection and joy, like pure joy. Why? Because the Lord is your keeper. Um, right here, friends, God is calling us to think about this. That's what Psalm 121 is here for. So look away from the news for a little while and put your attention right here, get this, not just in your head, but through your head, down into your heart. Listen, brief and occasional thoughts about God are not gonna make much difference. Um, brief and occasional thoughts about God are not gonna have much effect on your life, so meditate a while on these truths. Well, let me try to wrap this up. Some of you may be familiar with something that's called the Heidelberg Catechism. Uh, it's a set of questions and answers that families would use to catechize, to train their children. And the very first question in the Heidelberg Catechism is this, and I'll read the question and the answer. Question, 
What is your only comfort in life and in death? Answer, that I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him, Christ by his Holy Spirit assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Friends, let that truth, let this truth from Psalm 129 not just occupy, but form your mind. Let it form our minds as we continue forward day by day. So, uh, dear ones, I do miss seeing you. I miss being with you. Let's continue to pray that God would restore our gatherings soon. Last Sunday morning, I went out to the church building, and at one point, I just walked into the empty auditorium, and I stood up behind the pulpit, and I prayed for you. Um, it felt kind of strange, but it was also very sweet. I will probably do the same thing this Sunday. But now we've got another week ahead of us. Let's keep our heads and keep our hearts grounded in truth. And let's keep working through this together. Um, please look for another email on Wednesday. If you haven't had a chance to read last week's email, please make it a point to do that. You'll find it on the website. Um, Crossway, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may he cause his face to shine upon you this week and give you peace. Um, we'll connect again next week. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. Let's hope that that all took, because I don't want to have to do that again. Thank <laughs> you.